Today's reading is taken from 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verses 1 to 12. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you, so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois, and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in the suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. But it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Saviour Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And of this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. That is why I'm suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame, because I know whom I have believed, and am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. How are we being called to follow Jesus? especially in these strange, strange times, like the one that we are all living through now. A few weeks back, the BBC ran a report showing Pastor Mick Fleming feeding and clothing the poor in Burnley. Gathered around the boot of a car, we witnessed God's children waiting for a hot meal, for some clothes, and perhaps most importantly, for a chance to be seen. Like many I was shocked and saddened to see so many families going without. Yet, brilliant, brilliant Britain struck again, and more than £250,000 has been offered in donations, and it keeps on coming in. Pastor Mick Fleming may now be on the front line of the pandemic, but Mick's life wasn't always about love and care. Once a dangerous, violent drug user and dealer, Mick used drugs and a life of violent crime to cover up a painful childhood of abuse. Yet, God was not finished with him. 
In his early 40s, Mick found himself in a rough part of Lancashire on another job. Gun in hand, he'd been called to sort out a drug debt and someone was about to get seriously hurt. He didn't have to wait long. The other drug dealer was walking towards the gym, but this time things were different. He had two young children with him, both blonde girls around the age of five, who were completely innocent. Then it all happened. A white, brilliant light paralysed Mick. He collapsed, then struggled back to his car and prayed. Mick wanted to die. He'd had enough. So he took his gun, pressed it on his chin and pulled the trigger. Thankfully, thankfully, it didn't fire. God heard Mick's cry in that car on that day. And 24 hours later, he was sectioned and he found himself loved and cared in a secure unit. It was here that Mick met Pastor Tony, who gave him space to offload. Through prayer, Mick started to feel emotions again and he found a new hope in Jesus. Today, you'll find Pastor Mick sharing his story with those in pain, those who are suffering those who are homeless, the drug users, and the hungry. In Mick's story, I think we are reminded that the story and the business of heaven is this. God takes our brokenness and he makes it beautiful again. Yes, even in the darkest night, there is hope in the new dawn, because each day God is calling us to commit to him again. There's a story in the Bible where we see that commitment to the mission of God remains true for all. Yes, even in a pandemic. And Paul touches on this in his letter to Timothy. To Timothy is Paul's final letter and his most personal. It's addressed to his partner in the gospel, a church planter called Timothy. Paul writes because he wants Timothy to accept his calling. Only then can he fully commit to the mission of God with all its challenges, sufferings and struggles. It seems that Paul is in Rome and he's in the middle of a court trial and it really isn't going well for him. Execution looms ever nearer, but Paul writes to remind Timothy to maintain his faith and his hope in the resurrection of Jesus. But how should Timothy achieve this? Timothy seems to be on a mission in Ephesus, but Paul writes to ask if he would come to Rome so that Paul can hand over the church planting mission he has started. Paul's letter can be broken down into two large sections. The first being Timothy uh, encouraged to accept the calling over his life. And secondly, Timothy, once accepting his calling, must deal with the corrupt leaders and teachers in Ephesus who appear to have abandoned the hope of resurrection and of a new creation. Paul then brings this all beautifully together in chapter four. So what's going on in our text today? Paul begins by thanking Timothy's granny, Lois, 
and his mother Eunice, both of whom have instilled a deep love of the Old Testament scriptures and a faith in the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Lois and Eunice have great, are great examples of women full of faith in Jesus, and they give proof to the importance and the important role women played in the early spread of Christianity. Paul goes on to offer his first challenge to Timothy, and it's something like this. Don't be ashamed of the gospel, or of my chains. Come and see me, please. Paul finds himself yet again in prison, and there's negative stigma circulating about him. He's lost two disciples already because of the shame caused by his frequent time in prison. Doubt about Paul's role as an apostle was growing, and Timothy would have been right to be fearful of shaming himself by going to visit Paul. And Paul knows all this. He knows that Timothy is weighing up the risks, so he reminds him that faithfulness to Jesus comes with a cost. Paul reminds Timothy that God's love is for our world. In the death and the resurrection of Jesus, we all see that God will not ever abandon us. And those who follow Jesus are to take a risk by committing to something bigger than themselves and to be willing to sacrifice and endure for a greater goal. Yet, we also see that in our unfaithfulness, we never compel God from his faithfulness to us. Paul is calling Timothy to faithfulness, knowing it may come with a cost. Timothy took a risk in visiting Paul. God is asking you and me today to take a risk for him and for his gospel. There's a cost to discipleship. In our discipleship, we have to realise that that cost is paid by the grace of Jesus. And that inspires us to remain and be the holy people of God. Paul, I think, reminds us that, in the, that the current task for the church is to reconnect imaginatively with every new generation because we are always in need of reformation. Imprisoned and abandoned by almost everyone, Paul's experience of Jesus encourages him to write to Timothy to keep the main thing the main thing. Tell your story. Tell your story that leads people to Jesus. Even in a pandemic, we are to keep sharing the love of Christ to everyone. We are to keep building up faithful leaders, people like you and me, to share the good news of Jesus. I think Paul reminds us today that we are to go into the places of darkness where we may not expect to go, but where we will see Jesus already there doing amazing things already. These are difficult times for all. These are difficult times to be God's people of hope. But these are also times when we need each other the most.
recently, I have thought to myself, how is this happening? But I'm also thinking, how can I help? Sisters and brothers, we are going to be okay. And this virus is not going to have the last say. That's Jesus's role, because only he, as the son of God, as the Messiah, as the eternal truth, only he gets to have the final say. Like Timothy, who had to learn to trust Paul during a difficult situation, we have to step up and to work together. Be that as frontline workers, the part our young people are playing, all of us, by helping at home, we can work together. As faithful followers, we are to be like Jesus to our communities here in Winchester. In lockdown three, Jesus is telling us not to build personal defences, but to walk with him daily in our own broken ways. We are to step up and to work together in whatever appropriate way we can. We are to continue to love the homeless, the drug users and the hungry. In lockdown, we are to be kind to ourselves. Many will be filled with sadness today. Many will be mourning the loss of those dear to them. Many are missing friends and routines and most people are filled with anxiety. There is no shame in this because these are grim times. Yet, like Timothy, we are to commit to the race set before us and keep our eyes focused on Jesus. We are to trust in the one that loves us, the Christ whose love is perfect, unconditional and eternal. Friends, it is in our simple acts of kindness that we will make 2021 a year of hope. Now is the time to be the church without walls. Now is the time to be a great neighbour. Amen. If you are able to, please stand as we sing our next song, Living Hope.